This episode was brought to you by Bonnaroo.org. Make sure you check out our newly designed store and merchandise. Stay tuned for our Patreon, a hub that will offer produced video and behind the scenes content. Get in depth music and lyric breakdown episodes. Subscribers will get to download exclusive music soundtracks. So for more information, go ahead and visit InsideAsinisterMind.com. Welcome to Inside a Sinister Mind. We just wrapped up season one, season two coming soon. I'm here to answer some questions and let y'all know what to expect from this podcast. As I work on season two, I will drop in between season bonus episodes to update you on all my current projects. Much love to all of you who support and share these stories. Episode five, let's go. Start with the first question. Question one. Inside a Sinister Mind podcast, let us know your idea behind that title and why you chose to go with that name and why you chose to do a podcast. As far as the, the name, I mean, we're just trying to keep it in that realm of the movement that I represent. You know, it coincides with, with my label name, which is Sinister Kingdom Music, you know, SKM. And even that, like when, when me and Jay were, were trying to come up with the name, and then, like, you know, we came across, like, let's do SKM. We wanted something that would let motherfuckers know that I was in my lane, and in my lane, I had a throne. And, you know, even even the logo, you know, like, SKM with the chess piece in it, inside the K, 
you know that's like anybody killer type shit like so and as far as like why a podcast i think that and then a podcast like this you know like you know i could have did a podcast where or his visuals where you could see me talking which that might come down you know it's probably it's probably in the pipeline you know but but for now like i think that that this type this type of podcast is like reading a book it like it goes deep deep inside your psyche you know and and the reason i did it i think is because i never really got a chance to chop it up with my audience like that so through this type of platform you know i get a reach out sharing experience with them you know it gives them a better feel when it comes to the music you know it, it like gives it another dimension you know inside understanding and also because you're also a music artist so i felt the podcast was the best thing for you so that way you could tell your own stories which you have in your music for, throughout this whole 15 year journey and this is not so much different than doing an album because at the end of the day you're telling your own story you're able to pace yourself and get more in depth and give us the details, give us your emotions, give us, and do it in a poetic way because you are the poet. And that's how kind of how we recorded this podcast. Cornejo sits down in, um, in his own um, free time. He meditates and gets into his podcast mode. And then we edit it later and figure it out. Did you feel like that? that was the best way to start the podcast? It was because really that's where the shit started. You know, like when the journey started, it ended that day and then the new the new journey started you know the new chapter in the book started so i mean and 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 i think a lot of people like when when that happened that shit fucked a lot of people up because i thought that was a wrap it was the end of me you know like like i was everybody's like go-to secret weapon like i got that new con shit and and i think at that moment they were like that's it there's no more Whatever he left us is, is is what, you know, we're stuck with then. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when, like, you don't, you don't, you don't know what you got until you've lost it. So I think they felt that at that moment, even though I'm, I, I made it out of that. But at that moment, they, you know, it was like, it got snatched from them. And yeah. they're like, damn. It was like a reality and see that you were like in TJ and see the reports and everybody's spreading it. Everybody's putting it on Instagram. And back then Instagram was fresh. Yeah. So it was like, everybody, oh shit, they, they got the homie, the, the legend. And everybody was hitting me up because they, they knew my attachment with him. I really couldn't believe it. And um, even with Jay, I, I guess he got snatched up around that same time. Mm. Or how, how long after, after that? about a month after a month after so i was expecting to i was expecting to hear something from him or some type of like information and no, no, he got he got he, they they got him like the day before i think the day before valentine's day yeah i remember because that the day we were like i was on the phone with him from supermax and yeah. i was just like hey um send some flowers to my mom and then send some flowers to my girl and yeah. those went out because my mom got the flowers. And, and to clarify, Jay, uh, Jay is his manager. It was crazy because in in a way, you did feel like at that point when you were arrested, like you lost it all. And it's a trip because by losing it all, you were able to gain everything plus more. 
Yeah. And it's just to see like your progression and even your mind state change has been really interesting to even observe you from, from a close range to even see you how. At what point in your journey did spirituality meet Cornejo? Like what happened? Was it a certain event? Was it curiosity? What drove you there and why? Or I think that, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy though, the way it happened, but cause I never like, I think like spirituality, you don't, you don't seek it. It seeks you. It finds you, you know what I'm saying? And I mean, let me see, should I get into this shit? I could tell you how it all really started for me. Basically, basically it started like this. I was in, I was in, um, I was in Jalisco and then Choker from Brownside, he had got out. Choker from Brownside was with my boy and with my boy Looney and Ironwood. So they knew each other. So as soon as Choker got deported, he linked up with my boy. So Choker was like, Hey, I got somebody that, 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 that want to, that want to sign the homie. He, he want to get him a lawyer. He want to do this. He want to do that. So you know, fly down. So boom, I jump on a plane from Jalisco. I touch down in Baja. We go, we, we I already had a, I already had a pad in Baja. I was already living there, but I had just been over there. So I came back down and then we meet up. And then, um, so I remember I already had the, the Antichrist mixtape because I played it for them that day. And then, um, so, you know, we're listening to it, whatever, whatever. And, and, and homeboy that came down basically was like, I can't fuck with you until you don't talk to my madrina. So I was like, like madrina, like like what? What's that or what? And then so so the following week they, they bring her down, you know. And then um I you know so we pull I pull up to this house that was on the beach. This this you know it's one of the low key times that we we would you know it was like an office you know where we would meet up and, and shit like that. It was it was on like. On like this in this dead end in this private little community right on the beach. So you know, I pull up over there this one night, and um, I see this lady all dressed in white, all kinds of fucking beads around her neck, and then you know, <laughs> at that point, did it freak you out? No, it freaked me. Did out. Freak you like, oh shit, it's weird. Like, what the fuck is going on? I knew it was some bullshit right away. Yeah. Like, like I already like just by seeing her and then. I don't know if it was her husband or or her assistant, another dude dressed in white. You know, now when I see, I I, I recognize the attire. But right there, I was like, all right, the fuck up. You know, I knew it was some kind of priesthood or or some something to that. Entonces, este, so basically, you know, I start chopping it up with her. Y, y la señora me empieza a tirar las cartas. She's a tarot card reader. She's a santera. Mm -hmm. But she's a tarot card reader as well. So she's she she's like, sit down, I'm gonna read the cards on you here. Yeah. Touch the stack. <laughs> here, flip the stack for me, touch it, breathe on it. I don't know what the fuck. She told me all these little procedures to do. Este, she starts throwing the cards. Boom, 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 boom. She throws all the cards. And she's just basically she's like, everything looks good. And I remember asking her, I'm like, it don't say nothing about that I'm wanted, that the police is looking for me. She's like, nah, you're straight. And then I'm like, all right. So then she's like, I'm going to, so, you know, she does it again. Round two. Yeah. Same shit. I got to touch the, the deck. She flips it. I flip it. And she, she, you know, she shuffles it. And then um, she lays them out again. 
she tells me this, she tells me that. And then, um, you know, I ask her again, does it say anything right there about the law? She's like, nah, there's there's nothing with the law right there, you know? How long were you in the run at this point? Of average, kind of give them an estimate. Yeah. Oh, some years already? Some years, for sure? Yeah, for, for sure some years, because we would have to do the math when, when the Antichrist mixtape exactly came out. So, so at, at least around at least six, seven years at that point. Could be, I don't know, mm. five, four, I don't know, okay. something, something like that. And then, um, so she, she does it a third time. She says everything's cool, but next time, like, she's all like, I'm going to be back in a week, so I want to see you in a week. So this next time I like I meet up with her, I go straight to the compound. That's where fucking um Toker live. Yeah. Like passing Rosarito, like on, off the off the side of the carretera. And then so pero this time cuando llego para allá, yeah. I see a fucking goat right there. Uh -huh. They got goats, roosters, all, all kinds of fucking farm animals right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I already see homeboy. I'm talking to to the lady, but I see homeboy over there like reciting some chants. And, you know, I, he's doing some kind of prayers. Yeah. And, and, you know, something's going on. And then I see Toker. Toker's all dressed in white. And his his head's wrapped up. You okay. know, so I'm like, oh, shit. Like. It's just some real shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she got real. So I go into this shit. And I, I basically, se me hace que me hacen una limpia. I, I didn't really see lo que me hicieron because they blindfolded me. Yeah. You know, I can only speculate. And now by knowing. Like from being involved and seeing it more now, I know that that's that's most likely what happened. They did something. I don't know. I remember they cut me like they cut my tongue with something, and um, I could have sworn it was the beak of the fucking rooster or some shit, or or maybe even a knife. I don't know. But whatever they did, like whatever it was that they did, um, and then like hearing the prayers and everything she was saying and. And you know, just all that tobacco smoke on me, and and did, did did you drink anything? Did they give you something to drink? I don't even remember, but I know that after that, I, I was in the zone. I felt motherfucker felt bulletproof, invisible. Oh, okay. like, like that shit, that shit was like psychological. That shit, it worked yeah. because I just felt untouchable at that at that moment, you know. So so, and I remember she gave me this bead, this 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 beaded necklace. They, yeah, you know, they call them elekes. So she gave me one, and the one she gave me, it, it represents the santo name Ochosi, and Ochosi represents justice, you know, so, and it's used, you know, they use Ochosi in court cases and shit like that, and okay. basically, I just remember saying that, like, no matter what, like, Ochosi was going to have my back, and and, and to, to this day, I, I wear that, like, I was, I was wearing it yesterday, you know, when I went up to Cedar Park. And, um, so you still have that original piece? I have that one. Oh, I always wear it. I okay. always wear it. So, so then, you know, shit fell apart with Homeboy. It didn't work out. I went on. Yeah. And then, like... You still practiced it? From, did, well, I, did you I, took it or you put it up on hold for a little bit? Nah, I didn't. I, what, what, like, it, 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 like, it got me hungry, like, for knowledge. To, okay. To, like, to know. It opened you up yeah, for a new world. Yeah, it opened me up to, like, to, like, try to find out and know and... and, and and then like little signs were popping up and this, this and that. And and in Mexico there, there's a there's a deity that's like real big that people like they you know people venerate like like tough, which is which is La Santa Muerte. And I already had one, you know. And 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 before all of this, I didn't believe in none of that shit. You know, my, my family, they're like hardcore Catholics, hardcore Christians, 
our court Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm -hmm. So I always had that in, like, grandparents, crazy Catholics. Okay. Like, so in the mom, motherland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so then, like, my moms and her brothers, sisters, like, it's kind of divided. Some of them are Catholic, some of them are Christians, and then some of them are, like, Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. So, so, you know, Christianity has always been a big part of my family, yeah. in one way or another, you know? Yeah. And then, um, so, you know, but there's, there's some new shit, yeah. you know, and then me, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm digging, trying to find out, and then I, like, like, signs start popping up on me, and then I, I start meeting Santeros, I yeah. start, you know, and then I start asking questions. Next. Which is expected out of you, because... Yeah. Like you have that trait where you, if you like something, you're gonna go crazy all in. All in, yeah. So, so, so I mean, I mean, this one, this this black dude, this un cubano, and then he had this little this little shop, you know. And I and I already have been researching, and I'm right. I pull up on him, and I, and then I'm like, I seen some coyote. He had a bunch of stuff for sale, you know. And, and then I was like, oh shit, you know, this this coyote right here is Elewan. This one's Yemaya. This one's Ochun. This one's Oatala, this one's Chango. I already started knowing okay. about this. So, so somehow I, I, I run into this to this lady, que es una santera, mm -hmm. and the same shit. I start asking, I'm like, what's up? How can I how can I get that? And this was like the basic when you receive your collares. And she's like, well, this ceremony costs this much. And then that's when I, I oh, found shit. out that this, like, that that like spirituality had a fucking price on it if 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 you if you're just on the outside looking in it has like a price on it mm. so i'm like fine i'll, I'll do the shit and then she, let's do it right now she's like nah you can't come back on monday bring back a whole set of clothes white everything from boxes to socks to shoes to everything white so that 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 made me think okay that's that's what probably went with Toker had done kind of like a baptism in yeah, a way like a, it's like a baptism okay yeah. so so i pull up this one day and um you know the ceremony takes place where they like rip your clothes off they cut it off your body there's a ring of fire around you you know they they use animals to like you know cleanse you blood is spilled and that shit was like it, it, it didn't freak you out like you didn't like oh shit what the fuck am i doing <laughs> nah Man, you know, I was wanted at that, at that point. It was, it was like, it was, it was like mass inexperience. Going on and yeah, there was a lot of shit going on over there. People I know was getting going missing, they were killing people, you know, people were getting dismembered. And, and at the same time, you also realize that even this type of culture is within that whole yeah, yeah. Mexico culture yeah. and cartel culture, uh, not, not cartel, but just like in that, uh, that it's is big in Mexico, big, yeah. The, the Afro Cuban religions are huge in Mexico. Okay, so it comes from you also seeing that. That's why yeah. you, you were also more engaged with it. Yeah, so whatever. I go through a little baptism, whatever. Motherfuckers feeling like the Dalai Lama. Like I'm floating on one toe. Like, oh. Feeling like Gandhi. Like Gandhi and shit. <laughs> yes, they. You know, so so I'm excited about it, you know. And then, I, you know, I start pulling up to these. Like, they'll have like these little functions, these drumming ceremonies. And I remember this one that, that really like, that I remember, you know, I pull up to the, to, to the, it's a botanica, you know? Yeah. I pull up to the botanica, but some strange, like, some type of, like, I, I could tell when I see agents and shit. A uh, botanica, a botanica, for those who don't know, is like, kind of like a, for like, kind of like people that cure with natural remedies. Yeah, yeah. And that's where you get your, your, like, low-key natural remedies. They sell candles and 
do fucking spells for motherfuckers like oh, sex, sex, yeah. <laughs> shit, fucking, for no. your lover shit. Las amarres and all this bullshit. Like it's like a it's like a one two stop. Like you know, it's like a little like a. It like, fix you up. They fix you up real quick. Llego y este, you know, like they open the door and they're like, come in. And then, but but see when when I walked up to it, I was already there in front. There was fucking, I'm gonna say get up and I'm gonna PFP federales, like SWAT team down in the front of the little two of them. So I'm thinking like, oh shit! Like when I hit the corner, if I would have just did a U-turn, it would have been too obvious. So I went, I have to go straight to the door. So I'm thinking like they're you know they're arresting somebody in there, you know. And as I walk in, I walk in, I. You know, I, I hear there's a drumming going on. There's, there's there's something going on in the back, like not in the in the front of the wall. You go through these like little yeah, and like you know how they have those things like those the curtains of beads. The beads, yeah. yeah. You go through that shit and then voila. So I, I go in there and I'm like, you know, I see a gang of people like some dudes in business suits, some in regular attire. You know, dudes all strapped up, females. You know, you could tell there's different classes of, of like the multicultural. Yeah, multicultural and, and even economic levels. You okay. Tell who's you know this person is CEO of this something. Yeah. This person's a doctor. This person's a fucking killer. Yeah. This, this female's a prostitute. Yeah. This female's a school teacher. So, me being there, I was like, oh shit, I like this get down. It's cool. They they ain't gonna, you know I didn't I didn't go out there and tell them I'm a fugitive, but and then like there was a dude that was there. And then he leaves, and when he leaves, he's being escorted by the police, you know. So I know he's like a big dog, you know. They escort him out, so they were like a politician like, shit type. No, no, no. This was some like this, this fool was like este güera de la maña de la gente, like okay, like some cartel shit. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, you know, for the most part, I was just real observant. You know, I didn't really like talk, really ask no questions. So basically, you know, what I would just observe. And whatever I observed, I didn't really ask no questions. I was just like go back and, and research it on my own. And then that, which is which is a religion called Regla de Ocha, which people call Santeria, I met somebody right there that from there I went on to something called Palo Mayombe, Palo Monte. And then that's the, it's, a, it's another like... So like the variation of different... Yeah, it's another Afro-Cuban religion. Like this one's like by way of the Congo, like the other, Regla de Ocha is like by way of Nigeria. And then later, another one would come into play, which is Khalifa, which is sort of like, runs like parallel with, with Regla de Ocha. Which is interesting because it all stems from like African-Cuban religion. It's yeah, yeah. The trip to even find it in Mexico. Yeah. See, before I had one on the run, I had I had these boys from the Fiji Islands and shit. And, um, and I remember this one time, long, this long time ago, well, before I went on the run, like I was, I was posted up in front of these apartments selling dope, you know, where I, where I was, I would sell dope. That was my spot. So I'm right, I'm posted there selling dope, and they call me and they're like, "Hey, what's up? Um, we're gonna go to San Pedro. You, you, you wanna roll with us? You know?" They're like, "All right, just get a towel." So I'm thinking, you know, we're gonna go to the beach, go, um, you know, like, you know, some kind of like beach acti- activity type shit, yeah. you know. So I just like knock on like a random door in the apartment building. Lady opens up and I just ask her for a towel. I'm like, oiga, no me, no tiene una toalla que no, que no quiera, que, que yo puedo usar. Yeah. Lady's looking at me like, what the fuck? She just knocked on my door and asked me for a towel. 
You know, this is the guy stands outside the apartment selling dope all day and stands under the, at the, sits on the stairs selling dope, asking me for a towel. He's probably thinking trying to jack her or something. Yeah, so she gives me a towel. I go out to the curb. These fools pull up. And, you know, the little the little benzo. I jump in the benzo. I'm smoking weed all the way to fucking, um, all the way to San Pedro. You know, window down. It's just, you know, I'm not even, I'm not, I didn't ask no questions. We pull up to this plant in San Pedro. We get there and I see a gang of natives, you know, a gang of na Native Americans, you know. And then I see these two big tables, like banquet tables with a gang of food on it, like turkeys, pies, yeah. potato salad, all kinds of food. And by now, motherfucker had the munchies. Yeah. And uh, out of all these people, I see one white guy, this one like Rastafarian looking white guy, but everybody was like native. So, you know, we're there and, and I remember I seen a fire. And I just thought it was, you know, like a bonfire or some yeah. shit. And then I seen these, like, these two, like, like um, structures, which I thought it was a fucking teepee since, you know, I put it again. Okay, these guys are Indians. Yeah. What the fuck is that, a teepee? But what it was, it was a sweat lodge. So. <laughs> yeah, you put it again. What the fuck is that, a teepee? <laughs> yeah, so then, you know, like, you know, my boys that took me, they're out there mingling. With, they know these people, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, so... You know, next thing you know, they're like, hey, we're going to have to strip down and, you know, down to our boxers and we're going to have to go inside that, inside that, the, the sweat lodge. But I, I still don't know what, what it is or what. And I'm like, all right. So I'm in my boxers. We go in there. We sit down, whatever, whatever. So what happens At was. At this point, like, how many deep, how many people were there? Man, for... this was a big sweat lodge. This was a, this was a big one. There was a lot of people. I don't, I don't know. I can't recall how many. Yeah. But they, what I do recall, there was a lot of elders, uh, like a lot of like like well, elders like yeah. like old like triple og like native americans there and then um and 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 later i find out that there's a lakota you know there's a sioux that's that's there's a sioux indians the lakotas and then um so we go in there and that that fire that i had seen was the rocks these volcanic rocks that they heat up mm -hmm. that they're about to bring into the yeah. to the sweat lodge so then all the sweat lodge gets covered with blankets. It's wrapped up to it. It's dark. You can't even see, like, you can't see your hand in front of your face. That's how dark it is oh, in there. So they start bringing in the rocks. They close the door, and they start drumming. They start singing songs. Man, that shit got hot as fuck for me. Yeah. And no one's, like, the thing is, no one schooled me. No one told me nothing. The only thing they told me, they're like, hey, if it gets too hot for you, go down to the ground, dig out a little bit of dirt, like, like um, cuff your hands up like this, and breathe like the mother earth's gonna give you oxygen wow so i did that i did that shit in round one. Oh shit so and 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 you know they're over here singing long ass songs they're singing they're singing these long long songs round one was long as well for a person that never experienced a, 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 like a sweat ceremony it's, it seemed long as fuck to me so now they open up the door after like you know, let's just say 25 minutes of of you know they opened the door and they start bringing in more rocks. Oh shit! So every round was getting hotter, man. I, I felt like, like I couldn't escape. Like I felt like the whole sweat lodge was full of spirits, and the spirits were were hitting me from the left, from the right, like. There's gonna come a time when they reveal themselves to you. I'm talking about the gods. Or even the creator himself. You could hear through my music. It's spiritual in every sense of the word. The metaphors. The concepts. Just the way of thinking. 
You see, it's in that darkness, del Temazcal, that I faced a lot of my demons. But at the same time, I was pulled through and guided by my ancestors. All my relations, sell women. Actually, at one point, did you feel like, damn, I might, I might break, I might have to get the Yeah, yeah, I did. You I did? did. I felt like I was on a break. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. Yeah. But you know, you know, once you you get over that point, you just you just accept it what accept it is, it. and your and your breathing goes slower, and you stay, you, you calm down. But there's a there's a moment where a panic of panic hits you, you know. So you know, we do the sweat. And then after this way, we come out, we dry off, we do something else, part of the ceremony. And then, um, then we, like, you know, we eat. And yeah. then, so I, I had that sweat with me. Fast forward into the future, into like the spirituality. I end up like, through the through the Afro-Cuban religions, I, I end up bumping into a, a homie that was from, from San Diego, Logan Heights. Okay. And he had just got out. He had just did 10 years in the feds and five in the state. And then um, at first, honestly, I thought I thought he was just que era mexicano de México. You know, you know, no, no sabía que era homie because he looked low key. He didn't look all paisar out or, or no se me da nothing like that. But I just, you know, I wasn't trying to judge him or nothing. I just, I didn't know. So then one day we start talking at the Botanica. You know, he introduces himself, and then I, you know, I tell him, I tell him, you know, more or less a little bit about and about where I came from, and right away, like, he asked me for my boy Looney, and he goes, wait a minute, he goes, oh, okay, so then, do you know? He tells me, you know Looney, and if you know Looney, then you must be. He like put it together like that, oh, and the crazy thing is that that Looney's dad is a, is a lifer. Looney's dad's been down like 35 years, oh, shit. and he was in he was in um, Ironwood with him, too with, with Looney's dad. Oh, es, es un paisa de, de Sinaloa que le dicen el burro, like he known, you know. About how how old was this was this OG? How old was he? Oh, uh, the homie from, yeah, from Logan. From He's Logan. just a couple years older than me. Oh, okay, okay. A couple years older than me, and then um, but you know like. You know he and the thing is he's, he's from Nayari, and Lu, and Looney's mom is from Nayari. Son Goras. <laughs> y este, entonces, you know it was just like a little, you know that that just that that linked everything up between us, and I started fucking with him. He, he was my boy, so him and and his boys already were running a sweat. Okay. So one day they're like, and this is sweating what in Baja California? Yeah, Baja. So so they're like, they're, he tells me one day like, hey, we're gonna have a sweat. And I'm like, what's up? Can I pull up? He's like, let me let me ask. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you could pull up. So I remember that. I re you know, so I, I started sweating with them, like constantly, like I. So it became like a workout for you, in a way. It became like, it's cause like to describe a sweat, to me a sweat, is like, um, well, first of all, like when you go in a sweat, it's like you're going back into the womb. Mm. The womb, and to back, you know, to, to, to the mother, you know. And then, like, I feel like right there, you just, man, you let it all out. Like, just everything toxic, whether it's like, you know, like mental, physical, you know, spirit, like whatever, that shit's going to come out right there. And, yeah. and, and, and all your demons, they come to that. For me, that's my experience. Every time I fucking sweat, my demons show up in round one. They show up like, 
with vengeance. And, they're, and they're, 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 they're there to beat you. They're, yeah, they're there to like, 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 you know, because that's what you do when you go to, you, you go to sweat lodge, you're going to go there to suffer. You're going to go mm -hmm. there and sacrifice for the ones that can't, you know? Yeah. And, and face the music. You know, yeah, you're going to go face the music and, and you're going to suffer for the ones that were there, the ones that are there now and the ones that are to come, you know? So, so that shit, that's another thing that helped me. Mm -hmm. You know, that just, and then with time, as time went on, you know, I just got deeper into the Afro-Cuban religions. I got deeper into, into Palo Monte and, and I used all that to like, just balance out. Yeah. And you could even see it in your music, because like, it also, did it change your music perspective or did it do anything for your music? I mean, I could, yeah, it probably did because I, I, whatever I'm going through, it's always in my music. Yeah. So that became... Like, we started dropping little little words, right? You started yeah, dropping yeah, little words, little like phrases, and like, yeah, I was, and I was, people pick up on that. They yeah, pick yeah. up, like, oh shit, he's into that. Yeah, yeah, so you know, but but even 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 before that, I would say like even from the start, even though I didn't know nothing about that, I I think it, it was still like this whole ride has been like a spiritual journey for me because, like, like just my life, my personal life has had a lot of ups and downs, and every time I I hit or I'm about to hit rock bottom, the music is what snatches me back up. Yeah. It like it, I'm a, I'm about to hit the ground. It like pulls me right off the ground and and it and it uplifts me. You know, so that in itself it is, is, music, is yeah. like you know some you know spiritual. Or, well, the music led you to the spirituality. The music led you to where you're at now. So yeah, I can see that. The biggest surprise to me was finding out that you were a single father throughout this whole journey. Um, even like okay like like being like a father but being on the run you gotta like uh compartmentalize yeah you gotta and did that change you like i'm it, sure of it, course it changes you it's because you gotta keep everything separate yeah. even though you love your kids you're still oh, a fugitive okay, i get it i get it you're still in a in a in a state of war yeah you're still in a in in a in a game of of like backstabbing treachery Snakes, yeah you're still in, in the game where like you can't like you have trust issues you mm -hmm. know but at the same time you're trying to play it off for your daughter make it seem like everything is perfect you know and and so i mean i think i think like fatherhood for anybody that should changes anybody you know but you mm -hmm. just i mean i guess you just adapt and shit and, mm -hmm. and make it work the best you can according to and, your situation you know? and also for you it's more special because that's basically all you have right that's all i have and that she was all you had yeah that's so it. at the same time yeah you're living for her in this chaos well like i feel like it changed me in the way that like it, it just like even like upped my survival skills even more yeah because when i didn't have her like when i didn't have my my daughter i, I was it was just me mm -hmm. so at the end of the day like i feel like I, i'm I'm expendable, you know, like if, 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 you know, if I, if I die in the trenches or, or I die in the process or whatever it is I'm trying to accomplish, fuck it, it's just me, you know, but, but when like a, a child comes into the picture, you know, you, for them, you're all they got. Yeah. So it, it changes the dynamic of everything and, and, and they don't even know what's going on. They don't, they don't know is. about, even though, you know, like sometimes my daughter will be like, I want to sit in the back with my with, with my iPad, and I'll be like, no, sit in the front, because if, if if they see us together in the front, we're not gonna get pulled over. And she didn't get it. No, nah, yeah. I want to go in the back. 
And okay. then she probably would get mad at me because I'll be like, man, sit your ass in the front with me. Yeah. You know, just on some like, just to be more incognito, like, okay, yeah. that's a family man. Let's leave him alone. They won't. You and know, I'm sure for her, it was kind of like it became this natural where she didn't even think too much into it. Nah, nah. She, you she know, was just being a child. She was just yeah, sure. Because, you know, she sat next to me and recorded all those albums wow. next to me, playing yeah. with Monster High, like next to me, not even making no noise. I'd say like, shh, be quiet. I'm going to do my voice. <laughs> and she'd just be right there next to me. Not, you know, she sat there and recorded whatever, 80 albums in Mexico by yeah. my side, you know. What are your top most life-changing moments in the run obviously one was your daughter besides your daughter uh, top three like that that it could be the highest could be the lowest but just just things that kind of like just stay in your mind like i miss baja i miss mexico because I, I i feel like once i went over there and once i knew that i could never come back uh, i felt like fuck it this is home even though i like the homie always used to tell me hey fool this home and i'll be like hell no this is your home but once I accepted it, I, I embraced that shit. Yeah. And I just like, I became like, like 100% Mexicano, you know? Yeah. And, and I didn't even, I didn't even care about the US. Yeah. At that point, I didn't care about that. I was like, I don't give a fuck, I'll roll to Europe. Yeah. I'll roll yeah. here, I'll roll there. I, the world's too big for me to think about, oh, the US is, is the most important thing. I didn't care, you know, but, but I think like. But, but it's dope to even see you go back in a way to your like native roots. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and be able to experience it like, actually living there as a civilian not just like as a visitor or like a yeah. tourist yeah, yeah it's, it's different it's different like i remember when i got there my grandfather was still alive my my, my mother's father and um you know he he would just like tell me stories like he he owns a lot of land you know like you know like over there it's it's Gaña. And, and you're, where are they at where we're part of mexico and they, right there was ameca jalisco jalisco okay which is like about 35 40 minutes from guadalajara yeah. so my family being guadalajara zapopan they being like you know jalisco and then um ameca's like right next to tala and and my grandfather would be like take me to my fields because he couldn't drive at that point no more so i i like jump we i pull get his truck and like he just wanted to be in the sit in the middle of his cornfields, sit in the middle of his sugarcane fields, sit in the middle of the fucking agave, and just there. <laughs> that's dope, though. That's dope. Since my grandpa was old, I'd be like, hold on, I'm gonna take a piss real quick, so I go in the middle and of the, the corn. Agave that's for the tequila, right? Yeah, yeah, that's how you make tequila. Yeah, that's actually a dope fucking memory, like to be with your grandfather in Mexico. Yeah. In the tequila town, in the agave, that's that's dope. And then like I I like going to the field, like you know maybe like. 30 feet away from him. Yeah. And then just fucking blow like a fat joint. Take a piss, come back. And then he just like tell me stories. He'd tell me stories about when he was young and that he, you know, when the war was going on in Mexico, he would love to like, they had like, yeah. basically they had like underground dances going on yeah, in the war. Cool, bro. And they would like sneak to like these underground parties and, and dance and shit, you know? And, and then my other grandfather that was, that was already passed away. Um, like I found out about him, like my he was a Cristero. A, there was a war in Mexico called it was like a Cristero war, and basically it was like the 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 church went against the government. Okay. So my grandfather was on the side of the the church, and it was just like like he's just like murking fools, like government fools. He's just murking fools, government fools, and and then in the end, you know, like because I found like a. I found old school weapons in a, in, a, in, a, in a chest that belonged to him, you know? Okay. Uh, like a, a lot of his memorabilia is, is right there at, at, at his house. 
So, and then, you know, later he became, it's crazy because he went against the government and later in life he became like, he went into politics. So I see all the, like, you know, like banners, y banderas del PRI, like that was his, el partido that he, yeah. que, que, you know, that he belonged to, you know, so, you know, all, all those that, things. That's dope to even know that type of history, bro. Like, because that's, no one's, no one's going to be able to tell you that, like, here in the U.S., like, oh, yeah, you know, like. I went back and I was with my grandfather and we spent time in the field. We, I learned the history. I had to learn his history and that's that's gems right there. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I, I like then I learned about my family that that my grandfather's family, like they were they were Asian. Okay. They were Chinese, Japanese. Okay. His family, you know, so like then I get that's it why dope. why my mom and when my mom and all her sisters are posted up together, they all look like Filipino for some mm. reason. But now, like I like I learned that that you know Interesting, yeah. he has like you know we come from Asians and shit. Yeah, because Mexico, honestly, everybody's from Mexico. You can't put them together because everybody has attachments to another country. Yeah. Because like, I know my grandfather from from Jalisco, he was Spanish. My great grandfather. Yeah. yeah. From Spain, so it's a trip because like we're we're all multicultural with even Mexico. They yeah. can't really put us all because we're all have variations of that. We're all indigenous, but we all also have variations of other cultures. And, and and another thing about about like Mexico, I remember okay, I, before before I before I had went on the run, I had started martial arts training. You know, I started training um Kempo and, and okay. Kempo Jiu Jitsu, which it shows yeah. in the music. Huh? Yeah, I, that shit's <laughs> in the music too. So I you know my my sensei was Richard Alexander Mosquita. You know, he has that he has that dojo right now in Echo Park. Which, and, uh, which I see him working with a David Ayer. Yeah, yeah, he works. He works with a lot of like, as a matter of fact, he works with a lot, lot of like Hollywood people. Yeah, uh, pull up to the dojo. That's dope. Do you even see that full circle on that little thing? That was dope. Yeah. Like, you, you left working with him. You came back, and somehow some of your homies are working with him. Yeah. That's trippy. Well, before I left, he didn't have a like a dojo. We would work out at at um, like down from the observatory at Los Feliz at the yeah. park. That was the training. We work out, like. Like every that's crazy so to even think about you and your and your highest gangbanging <laughs> to even see you at the park like that, that's dope that's yeah. crazy I, I think that's what that's what separates you from a lot of motherfuckers bro like those little details that you were always curious for different things yeah yeah for knowledge for knowledge because it's, it's like self knowledge at the end of the day in a know? way it was taking you away from your reality at home and in the streets it was like a different environment yeah like this is my safe zone where I could do something different. And um, you know, so the 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 style, the art was called Kempo, Kempo, you know, which means fist law, the and, law of the fist. And did, did Wu Tang inspire this? Because I know you're a big Wu Tang fan. I mean, did, did Wu Tang not, not inspire, nah, but it kind of like nah, because in a way that, oh, you know shit. what? If you go way back, this this is way back, like the '80s, mm -hmm. late '80s, and shit like that. All the kids we used to watch on Channel Five. They used to be uh, like on the weekends. They have something called Kung Fu Theater. Mm. And they we used to watch all those movies. Yeah. Wu Tang wasn't even on the fucking map at that yeah. point, and we were already into watching all the Shaolin movies, all that shit. That was probably across the whole U.S. That probably inspired them. At the same time, we oh, were yeah, watching that on this side, it you makes know. Sense. Sense. You know, yeah. so I'm sure y'all were watching both the same fucking cartoons. You know, we were there doing like ghetto karate and shit yeah. with fucking sticks, and the like fools will get socked out yeah. of the block <laughs> and like. <laughs> Like, no, so, I feel like we, we all went through that. We were all wanting to be ninjas. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you know, I, like I have been training and and I, I had like a purple or a blue belt when I went on the run. Oh shit! 
So when I I get to Mexico, I'm running around, and I, and I, where I'm living at, like there was a book that's that was the history of my whole town, of oh, my shit. family's town. Oh. So I get a hold of that book, you know, and I remember there was a story about uh, there's this one like some kind of reptilian demon like folklore story, okay. some some animal called Chavarín con cola. It was like a half man, half fucking kimono dragon type shit yeah. like if you see the pictures in the book that's what it looks like yeah there's stories that my uncle squabbled up with it in the river and they fought in the river trying to snatch oh, so I, I always heard these stories since i was a kid you know yeah. like my parents were like te va a salir, te va a salir ese cabrón te va a llevar, or whatever you know yeah entonces i got that, the book that, that's actually dope to have a family myth like that like yeah oh, shit. You know, it's like El Chamuco type yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, like La Llorona. La Llorona. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's like Llorona. grandma met the Llorona once. Oh, there's a matter of fact, La Llorona was huge. <laughs> she is a... Bitch was huge she, over is, there. she is huge out here. And then, uh, so, so as I'm looking through this book, I come across, they had a, they had a Kempo martial yeah. arts school in that town mm-hmm. that had been established for like the last, like, like it had been there since the late 70s. Mm-hmm. So I look at the little address and when I went on the run, I took my 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 gi, my martial arts gi with me. And for some reason, I just took it. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. I just grabbed it and threw it in my bag, and I took uh, it with me. That, that's trippy. That's an interesting so, detail. <laughs> so I, I I see I find out the address of this this dojo in in Mexico. That's like like half a mile away from my house. I I, I walk over there. Hey, you should you have a comic book? That'd be dope. And um. Yup, cause that, that would be dope. That would be dope. And and um, so I go over there and shit, and um, and I ask them, hey, is it cool if I work out with you guys? They're like, yeah. So they looked at me like, oh shit, this fool got Kempo patches. He's he's like one of us, but from the U.S. So you know, I I became friends with them. I became friends with the sensei. I started working out, working and, out, training with them like every day. And like, they would have never asked you like, where are you from? Because yeah, obviously they, they, they did. They know you're American. They knew me as Angel. That was like the ID, the identity I had in those times was Angel. So they always knew me as Angel. <laughs> so they they would be like, they would as a matter of fact it was Angel Caro. <laughs> and then that's um, crazy. That's my middle name, Angel. That's trippy. So, so you know, I ended up getting a black belt from them. You know, oh, I I, tr- I trained like like daily with them, like like hard. That, that this was in Jalisco. This was in Jalisco. Okay. But I, but I was when I got the black belt I was I was in 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 Baja and then I they called me one time like it's time for you to come take your black belt test and I flew down there and I and I, I took it and then and you were flying in Mexico I was flying all over the that, place that's what tripped and, me and, out and internationally I flew out of Mexico to Whoa. other countries so you know we we were we were loving it like like you know there was a lot of a lot of like cold blooded shit that happened in Mexico yeah. that. You know, it was scared, the average motherfucker, like yeah. scared straight type shit. But, but, I mean, you just you just gotta adapt to your environment, and 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 when you're on survival mode, then then you don't, you know, to me, like it was just it, all this shit was just giving me more content for my music, honestly. Oh well, yeah. It, and and, yeah. and and if I didn't have the music, I probably would have <laughs> lost my mind because that was true. that was my outlet, you know. And that's where a lot of fools get stale with their music. Like, they don't have new experiences. Yeah, they do. They're just they, stuck smoking weed with the same topic, same experiences every day. Studio, weed, studio, weed. They don't yeah, get yeah. out of that same... They you, don't, you were out here living crazy. Yeah, yeah. Experiencing See, different shit. Back, back to the original question was, like, something memorable that happened to me over there. One, the first thing, like, big enough was when I went to the pyramids in Mexico City. Wow. 
So here I am. I'm at the pyramids in Mexico City, and 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 you know those shits are enormous, and 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 then you know you f once you're at the bottom and you look up, you feel like an ant. Yeah. Like you, it's just big. Like okay, because basically it's like el, el la pirámide del sol y la yeah. pirámide de la luna. Yeah. And then La Avenida de los Muertos, which is a big like street in the middle of the shit, all the way down with like smaller pyramids all alongside of it. Across from it, I think it's it's El Templo de Quetzalcoatl. And then so we climbed up, you know, we went up to the top of the pyramids and shit. And these these steps, they're fucking they're real they're, they're real slim, but they're real steep. So they're like tall. So you kind of gotta step like sideways. It's like a workout. Yeah. And then you, and then, and when you're there, they're like, they're taking people up there that are like straight, like wheelchair status. It's crazy. And then there's like some kind of energy up there that they heal people with. And they're yeah. like, people up there cleansing people with sage and all this shit. So me, you know, I'm still with my LA ways. So I'm up there fucking coke the fuck up. I'm partying. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like the people I went with were fucking they were on one. yeah sniffing yay for like three days you know so and you know we've been drinking and all that shit the next day we go up there and I remember and there's, there's a picture I've been trying to find it I, I, got, I got it in my pad in Mexico I'm gonna I'm I'm upload it when I bring it we should put that on the, on the we should release some if you have like memorabilia well, well it'll probably be on the on the Patreon on, on the Patreon on the we'll inside, talk about inside. that later yeah and then um so you know, I climb up and I just was like, man, I was out of it. But once I was up there and then you look down, then motherfuckers are smaller than I am. You're like, damn, this shit is. And you imagine all that shit, the whatever, like human sacrifices and throwing bodies down the fucking the steps and shit, you know, because if um they're so huge, let's just say you climb up one third of the way and you fall, you're breaking every bone in your body. Oh, let's just say you climb up. Two thirds of the way, you fall down, you're fucking dead. And how long did it take you to reach the top? It takes a minute. A minute. That's what okay. I'm saying. You gotta be real careful. They even they they even got rails there because I know motherfuckers that fell off them shits. The stair is is dangerous. The way they're built, it's just like real steep. Yeah. It don't look like that, but once you're there, it's real steep. It's like if it looks like this, yeah. and then the steps are real skinny and real tall, so it's like like it's just. And I and I hear that those are also made for acoustics. Somehow, if you stand on one pyramid and you stand to the next, you could literally talk to that person. There's some weird. I, I, I didn't videos. test that out, but yeah. I, but you know what? Once I was on top and I looked down, to me, what it looked like, it looked like a circuit board. And and the only thing that popped up in my head, like man, this is some alien shit. This oh, is shit. some like interesting. That that's what came to my mind. You know, like like some type of craft must have landed here. Or, yeah. or, or, or gave them the blueprint to make this shit or, or something because it looked like a circuit board. Like when you crack open a radio, yeah. you see the green circuit board. This, that's very interesting that you, from that's, that angle you see like that. That's the way it, it looked to me, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that was one of the things that I was going to like mention this, that I remember um being at a, what they call casas de seguridad, like a stash house. And then, um, you know, everybody in the house, you know, choppers, there's choppers everywhere. Everybody, there's just like, you're on call. Let's just leave it at that. You're on call for whatever. And and everybody's strapped up, whatever. But I'd be in this, I was in this house and I'd be practicing um, katas, forms, martial arts forms. And I remember like my boy telling me like, what the fuck's that going to help you? 
Like, fuck all that weird shit on. Yeah, this shit. <laughs> I'm sure. Fool, with this shit, blow you the fuck away. <laughs> all that, all that fucking Bruce Lee shit ain't gonna work. But the thing is that, 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 all, the martial arts, along with the spirituality, all this shit kept, kept, it kept my sanity. You know, it killed, it, so, you know, because it's got to be like, it's got to be mental, physical, and spiritual, so it helped you me like, survive, yeah. when when you're stressed out, and you do those workouts, it, you know, it, because I, you know, I, I meditated the whole time I was on the run. And that's what, it helps your judgment, right? It helps your judgment. Your judgment. That way you don't panic and fuck up. Yeah, so, you know. I had I had all those like I could I'm gonna say they were like weapons you know meditation, yeah, meditation. martial arts, uh, spirituality, yeah. all that like those those were like yeah. you know like that's dope and um I at this point it's been like what 15 plus years since since you're back and now you're here you're free I'm free but at the same time I'm not and and I don't think I'm never I I'm like now I just I don't want to like accept it or I don't know. I'm gonna say it, but because I don't want to believe it. But at this moment, I feel like I'll never be free. You know, I don't know if it's the PTSD from just being a fugitive so many years yeah. that it's just not natural to like look out the blinds. You know, set up cameras to look outside, yeah. uh, see what cars are following me, count cars. You know, never go straight home. Like, always turn different well, blocks. I feel like at this point, you could work for the CIA. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, so you, you, you went through some shit. And so it's great to even see, like, your survival skills are still intact. Like, you never turn that shit off, right? You're still, like, still, always, like... Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't... It, you know, maybe maybe sometimes it's not that... You know, I'm not going to say that I, that I, like, I loosened up too much because I haven't. I'm yeah. on it, I'm on it, but, yeah. you know, like, but, but, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a total, totally different environment here from over there, you know, yeah. over there, you don't know if the fucking, um, the taquero could be working for either the, the, the government or, or, or a rival, too, yeah. a rival group, and he's gonna, you know, inform, whoever he has to inform, he just left, he just made a turn, he just, he just got off at the store, you don't know. I'm, I, it happens here too. I'm yeah. sure it's happening here. I'm sure the fucking the guy out there supposedly fixing the phone lines is yeah. probably, you know, trying to see what's going on in the neighborhood. Really, like for an agency, you know. But it's just it's just a different environment over there. It's just like plain. It's all in your face. Yeah. And when you, when you touch home back in L.A. when you're already free, and you will kind of like go through the days of kind of like seeing seeing how the world is now. Did you expect already what what you saw? Did, did did you expect seeing the changes in even the neighborhoods? They're no longer active. People are no longer out there no more like that. There's there's more low key. It's more progressive. It's more gentrified. Well, did, did you already see that from Mexico, or was it all like a new thing to you when you came here? Well, just just like on. Just, or, or even the cops. How the cops act now? They're different than before. Yeah. And you used to see uh, like. Did you expect it, or was it still like a culture shock for a while? I think I expected it, but at the same time, it was still a culture shock. Yeah, you know, like, like phone, getting an iPhone in. Yeah, like, yeah, I never I never really, like, fuck with smartphones. When the whole time I was on the run, it was just, like, those little dominoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the fucking the old song. Yeah, little throwaways. Use them for a week, dump it. Mm -hmm. Get another one. You know, chirps. We're using those 
boost boost chirps so, so next was, was it weird for you to enter your information on the new phone like oh shit yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. nowadays you have to enter your social i mean like your credit card numbers yeah so was it that a trip technology was it a trip nah because you know my girl she was on it everything was set up for me it was kind of like here okay yeah here yeah like you know i i you know i never i never got to run none of my accounts none of my social media platforms i I never, I never ran no, no, nothing that that that's a fit associated to with me. I never ran it. I never had nothing to do with it. I did, but I didn't. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It was, it was, it was run remotely by someone that I, honestly I didn't even know. Yeah. You know, she, even my girl, she's like, so how long do you know Prime? I go, 2018. Yeah. February 2018 yeah. when I got out. <laughs> yeah. We had that first photo shoot. Yeah. Or, or did you should show up when when I met. Oh. We met up when when they, everybody a, came to the restaurant. And nah, I, I showed up with you in in a restaurant. We we're outside, and then from there we had at? a photo shoot. Cause I, I remember when you did the cover, the the Devil's Playground. Yeah. And you had put that like Grim Reaper on it. Yeah. With uh, and then on the on the on the pole it said HPS. Yeah. It was crazy because I had already had, I had a Santa Muerte in those days. Okay. So I, in my head I was like, oh, that's a sign. That's my Santa Muerte. Oh, okay. Muerte. So, so at that point you were already like getting to know. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Nah, that, that shit, that shit was already, stuff. yeah, that shit was already in full effect. And this was like 2006 when I remember it's a trip that you brought up the whole PTSD because that that's a very big topic right now for uh, uh, people of color, uh, people that come from neighborhoods that there is a PTSD factor there because of obviously police and even even ourselves, you know, the, the trauma that we cause ourselves. Like like right now. And what do you do to to combat the PTSD? Man, you just fucking, you just, you Music. just, you, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, when the PTSD kicks in, it's like paranoia and kicks yeah. in, so that, you just gotta let it, like, run its course, and then, you know, you you settle down, but, but, like, right, like, when I, like, it's crazy, because right now, you know, with the laws changing, I have a lot of friends that are, that are coming home from prison that, that had life sentences, you know, uh, I have a lot of friends that have been coming home lately with life sentences that have been coming home. Mm-hmm. And they're coming home with PTSD. Like, they're, like, straight institutionalized and, yeah. and their mannerisms are all, like, prisoned out. Yeah. And, and, you know, and mine's is, like, I have my PTSD, but it's a little bit different because I wasn't in an actual cell. My my, my prison was, like, a mental, men- mental prison. Yeah, that's the, psychological prison. Which sometimes that could be even worse. And... and, and and you know the thing was that you know yeah I didn't I didn't do life in prison but I did I did but you 15 were fighting for yeah, your life. I did 15 years yeah. as a fugitive and so and, and and you know not it's not that's not to say that every like I was in the fucking trenches every day of that of that 15 years because that's not so. There, there, there were good moments. Man, I'm I, sure. I did a lot of positive shit like 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 a lot of people don't know that the last few years I was an assistant instructor. A self-defense assistant instructor at the like version of the Mexican YMCA wow. in Baja, and you know, and I'll teach the kids and, dope, like like at-risk youth, like showing them how to defend them. You know, just so you, I think a, a lot of the shit that 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 us as like you know growing up in in LA as kids, or or any like or just even Southern California or even the old South man, I'm gonna just say the whole US, yeah, or even the world, is that we don't have discipline in in. Even if we had discipline within the slums, 
it, the outcome will still be different. But since we don't have no discipline, we don't have no self discipline. We have no self discipline. Like we, we have discipline through other people giving it to us. But yeah, yeah. We don't have discipline within ourselves. And 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 then like since we're victimized by the system, we yeah. become victimizers. That's true. So yeah, we don't have nothing. So fuck it, we taking shit. Yeah. You know we don't. You know I want that, but there's no way to get it. So fuck it, let me take it from him. He looks weaker. Yeah. So we start. You know. So you know I just. I, I would do that. So a lot of like, there was a lot of positive shit that happened. It wasn't all bad, you know, but when it got bad, it got real bad. And when it got good, it was real good. And it was, you know, there was a lot of like blessings that came with it, yeah. you know? Oh, that's, that's dope. And uh, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the season one because this was literally just the tipping point of this whole podcast. We're going to take it way beyond. But uh, we're going to focus on season two now and we're, we're working on it right now currently. Cornell's taking it back to the early, late 90s, I mean, late 80s, early 90s, to what what got him into music. So we're going to explore that and get more deep into that, how it all started. Yeah, how it all started for us. How he, how he was, how the curiosity that brought him to different people being involved. We have a thing called Patreon, which is will be extra content. This podcast will maintain free. We will always be free. But we're going to offer extra content on the Patreon, which is bonus episodes, uh, clips, raw clips of tours. We're going to be offering photography, uh, merch. Uh, so just look out for that Patreon. And um, how the Patreon works, it's a monthly subscription. You'll have access to all our stuff based on the subscription you choose. We're going to have three different price tiers, which will be 3 5 and 10 We'll get more more details on it on the website if you go to InsideSinisterMind.com. You'll be able to, to see, even see what, what you get with different tiers. And it's basically just like they'll charge you $3 a, a month. Get access to behind the scenes, behind the music, which would include lyric breakdowns, stories of recording some of the most memorable Conejo tracks, which some of them are fucking wild. Wait till you guys hear how he recorded Killer from the West. That story is fucking crazy. So that's kind of what you expect out of Patreon. So I hope you guys are able to, to understand that the podcast will continue to be free. Make sure you subscribe and comment and share with your friends. But if you can kick back $3 a month by basically buying us a cup of coffee a month. And uh, it's just a small fee. And we call that donation because it's not only for it's not for our pockets. It's to pay bills. We would appreciate it if you guys could go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon and help us go get bigger, better. Just tune in. Like we're going to have that exclusive and a lot of surprises yeah a lot of surprises a lot of developing ideas that we have even the video content we're going to do some dope video original pieces also one thing we're going to be giving um people that subscribe to the podcast i mean through patreon that free download of that one the the soundtracks because we have music original music produced by bandit from tattooing so we're going to be releasing those on patreon so if you're able to uh subscribe to patreon you'll be able to get all the songs that will be dropping there which will be only exclusive later on we'll put it on spotify but to actually download it visit our website support a podcast comment review and share with your friends because it takes a lot of work to do this so i would appreciate it. if you enjoy this podcast really enjoy it share it and understand that this is a spiritual journey telling real stories it's not just a negative we're going to give the negative the positive the the lessons learned and to what makes Conejo and what brought him to this point. Inside a sinister mind, we out.
stay tuned for our Patreon, a hub that will offer produced video and behind the scenes content, get in depth music and lyric breakdown episodes. Subscribers will get to download exclusive music soundtracks. So for more information, go ahead and visit InsideAsinisterMind.com.